This is Khat Chronicles, design stories from the Arab world, presented to you in collaboration with Afikra. I am Yara Khouri Namour, and I have with me today Nathalie Fallaha. Hi, Nathalie. Hi. We're going to uh, start with the first question that we always ask our uh, visitors. When and why did you decide to become a designer? Hmm. <laughs> That's the funniest question, actually, because it has the funniest answer. Tell I me. didn't decide. It's just a random choice I made, totally random choice. I, back then, when I was to apply to university, um, I had chosen very different uh, majors, potential majors, uh, telecom engineering, business and architecture. That's and, like yes. from every discipline. Yes. <laughs> and psychology. Okay. And eventually I got accepted in all of them. Uh, point is, in the meantime, a relative tells me, did you hear about this new program? It's called Graphic Design. Which year is that? 92. I was applying to enter in 93. Mm. So I told him, no, what is it about? He told me it's painting, sculpture, advertising, which of course it's not. Mm. But I thought, hmm, sounds interesting. I'm going to have a go. And this was uh, obviously life change. Did you have a knack for the arts or? Nothing. I still can't draw. Me neither, but. Mm, nothing, <laughs> nothing, nothing, nothing. Interesting. So, yeah. <laughs> but to put it into context, at the time, graphic design was a very new term, right? Totally new. Sounded very exotic to mm-hmm. me. It was literally pre-internet days. Yes. Pre-internet at home, print. I mean, yeah. honestly, it was a totally random Landing, let's call it. And where did you study, actually? I studied at the American University of Beirut uh, for my undergraduate studies. And then I went to London, to Central St. Martins, to do my master's. And has Beirut as a city or AUB as a university or your uh, life at that time informed your career? Has Central St. Martins and London informed your your experience and your career? Has it formed you somehow? Definitely. definitely. How? Can you explain? Can you think of examples? Uh, okay, let me start with Beirut. Mm. First of all, moving from the cocoon of Jamhur as extended the community. Jamhur is a school. Yes. yes. Uh, yet it's a cocoon. It's very much a cocoon. Going to AUB was in itself an adventure. Um, so that this is in terms, if you want, of getting out of a bubble and really getting into the city, mm. which at that time wasn't a daily access. Uh, when I used to go to AUB, the, the, the roads were completely different than the road networks we have today, we have, mm. we have access to today. I mean, right now, we, I can get to AUB from where I live in 25, 30 minutes. Back then, it used to take an hour and 15 minutes or so, mm-hmm. just because there were no roads, or there were roads, but not properly... Uh, the war has... Uh, yes, was it was... Still it, yeah, exactly. Ended, exactly. But... It was literally a post-war era. Mm. So this is on one hand. On the other hand, uh, getting to... 
again, uh, it having taken a surprising uh, decision, I would say, to go into this program and then getting into this program and trying to figure out what is it that I'm actually doing here and why, why am I here? Mm -hmm. And then getting to know, to start to meet my classmates and then getting to understand the whole environment of Ras Beirut, which is a microcosm in itself, I like believe. Like a slight uh, culture shock? Not culture shock. On the contrary, it was mind-opening. Mm -hmm. It wasn't a shock as much as culture it was... Culture shocks come yes, come with that yes, usually, yes, but... yes, possibly, but it was a very exciting experience okay. uh, already to be in this new environment. Mm -hmm. um, and then... Th This is on one hand. On the other hand... It's very strange you talk about a new environment when I would like to say that you're just like two or three kilometers away. Seven. Seven kilometers. Seven. Okay. Yes. yes. So yeah, that but, much but difference. But again, post-war, had I been applying right now in 2019, it's a completely Compl different yes, story. Yes, I'm sure. But back then, going to Ras Beirut was something. Yes. And for a year, I wasn't allowed to go on my own. Hmm. Somebody would drive me. Understandable. So Layers. what did you design? What did you do I with ended all this up, information? Yes. Uh, the initial thesis was, okay, raising a question and then grounding it into a correlation between how as a Lebanese individual or citizen I make use of languages and what does it, its relation to political identity or national identity and then its relation to confessional identity so confessional yes mm -hmm. yes and then I so I traveled a lot back in time trying to understand again how is it that we have British and French schools and American schools that are doing much better than local schools how is it that I study math in French while you probably studied math in English where whereby so again what, what even lots of social and political yes absolutely layers there. so I was very interested in that And eventually the outcome of all of this ended up being a series of typographic tableaus that were um, visual, if you want, which back then I, I did not invent the term, but I, I called visual journalism. So it, that were actually, I went through many, 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 many interviews with key figures in the country back then. A lot of them are dead now due to age. One of them was assassinated, but anyway. So, and who have a very strong opinion with, and who are themselves publishers. When I say publishers, they actually, their opinion is very widely distributed and heard. Mm. Could be through newspapers, radio, writing, theater, uh, artists, so on. But they, they do have an opinion. So the final outcome was politicized? Pol actually, not no. at all. I actually... Uh, fantasized about putting them all around one table. And in reality, the, these people would never sit together for most of them. And so the project is called Round Table, and it consisted of an installation of those typographic, if you want, transcriptions of each of those interviews that had a very clear-cut opinion about how they each one makes use of lang a language or more than one language and the nuance between uh, language as function versus language as identity and all of that and all those tableaux lived in an installation facing each other in diametrically opposed directions mm -hmm. and it was 
I also recreated a sound installation and you would stand in the middle of it all and literally it was a big cacophony, so it's like chaos yeah. going on. And Very familiar. And, yes, absolutely. <laughs> and of course there was a publication to accompany that. And yeah, very. that was a very revealing moment. My dream as, or not dream, but really my aim when I started university was to have my own studio and to teach at the same time. I come back in 2000, I naturally start working on my own. And where did you teach? And got invited to teach at the Lebanese American University. And then a few months down the line, I thought, hmm, I'm already teaching, I'm already working. Uh, why do, why I, do I actually want to go back to be, to, to be a You're a building rat, your portfolio, build, your clients, your... In a mm-hmm. library for mm-hmm. the next six years? Is this really what I really want to go through? And then I thought, no. So I, I deferred it and then eventually... That's when you started VIT-E? Yes. You called it VIT-E from the start? Yes. How come VIT-E? Uh, initially, I, I was much more like... I mean, I wanted to name it vitamin E. I love the, the, the meaning it has and the metaphor, the metaphorical sense in that you need vitamin E to look good and for a proper body functioning. So technically, it makes you look good inside out. So I like this nuance, if you want. And for me, there was a big, I mean, a big parallel between how design works. It's not just about the way things look. It's about how things work before they actually come to life. But I could not name it vitamin E because it's in the public domain and eventually went to Viti. Okay. Between your career as an educator and as the manager and owner, you're running your own business. Did they inspire each other or did you? Definitely. Yeah. Both ways, beautiful synergy. Up till 1.9 years down the line, I I felt it's no longer a two-way scenario. Mm. I couldn't keep the equilibrium of being fully involved here and fully involved here. At some point, I had to let go of one. So I I decided to let go of you the You call teaching. it an agency as if it is an advertising agency. No, it's no. not, right? No, 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 it's not. An, but it's an agency. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So let's take a break from okay. this and know what Natalie is watching right now on TV. Hmm. Outlander. <laughs> so where would you travel to if you had the option? Hmm. Possibly... France in the 20s, Paris in the 20s. Oh, so like the Ellen Schussman? The Flap Flap Girls, or... I don't know, I don't know, but something jolly, pre-wars, pre-wars, post-war, pre-war. So, any books you've read recently, the most recent one? Yes, My Life as a Bestseller, which is a graphic novel. Mm -hmm. I finished this weekend, which is... Actually, I enjoy a lot graphic novels do you still read yes books yes printed yes, yes, books yes yes okay yeah, yeah. so you're not browsing online all the no, time i consume fast content online mm. a lot of it but everything else i i mean books and all of that you have time to read the books i find time um let's get back to our conversation and say um what is your specialization or focus uh, VIT-E today is a branding and interactive design agency. 
Today, I would say if there was a bigger umbrella to carry, I would say branding mm -hmm. and seeing interactive as part of it. Interactive as in websites and apps, but not only because lately we've embarked into two super interesting uh, projects, which are web apps. So is actually designing the whole user experience and user interface design for software, which is online mm -hmm. and quite complex software. Today, there's a lot of um, interest into everything that is analytics. So data crunching using uh, algorithms and artificial intelligence and machine learning, layering it on top of the data, coming up with analysis and results and predictions and recommendations. It applies to very different sectors. And VTE has a team for that? Yes. Yes, we have been... I, s I keep seeing recruitment ads. Yes. You're, you're always recruiting your XUI. No, no, not always, because I mean, it's difficult it's, to find yeah. interesting and people that are versatile enough. Again, mm -hmm. we're not a big agency. So you, the, the people in the team need to be quite versatile. That's good. So that's VTE specialization. Yes. What, what about Natalie? I would say very much the same. Very much the yes, same. Yes, yes. I know that you've embarked on your own ventures of um, Arabic calligraphy on scarves. Yes, and yes. Can you tell us a little bit yes, about that? Yes, of course. That's a side business that is unfortunately dormant now. Uh, dormant for lack of someone actually driving it as a business. And this is uh, this was much more... What is the name of this business? Alifia. And it's a lifestyle brand that I co-founded with a partner who's a business mind who had worked uh, extensively in luxury brands, luxury lifestyle brands, not designing them, but much more on the commercial side. And uh, the whole idea was inspired from my thesis project in the UK, which was expressive Languages. typography. And so Alifia is a brand that was, I mean, whose aesthetic was... Uh, built on the expressive or the aesthetic of calligraphy with absolutely nothing to read. And everybody would ask, so what does this mean? What does this represent? What mm. I say, what do you see? How does it make you feel? It's not at all about reading. And it worked quite well as, I would say, a proof of concept. It generated money and the money is still in the bank, by the way, because we still don't know what, we haven't decided what to actually do with it. Very quickly, just tell us, how do you explain what you do to people? I interpret ideas into things that make sense, into communication that makes sense. If you want to think across the years, what is the most project you're proud of? Hmm. And I will ask you again, what is the most project you enjoyed? They could be the same project. Proud of, I would say, is the an identity I worked on several years ago, around 10 years ago, for the Beirut Art Center. Uh, somehow, what I, I mean, the project itself is quite intuitive and it, it resulted of really a quick sketch while listening to the brief, uh, while actually interpreting the brief and trying to go for which I believed was the simplest possible interpretation of an art center that is a real bridge between Lebanon and the rest of the world. And again it, again, it was informed also by my understanding of 
the fact that the multilingualism we live in and so on and so forth. So I wanted it to be as straightforward as possible. And it was copied and... The B has a dot underneath it, right? On the side. On the side, yes. And the whole point, I mean, what also was made me proud is that the, the, the identity was copied so many times. Not exactly as is, but the idea, the, the idea behind it was copied so many times. And up till now, I mean, no, not up till now, but back then my students... Beirut beer? No, 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 not Beirut beer. No, they don't have that. Yeah. But um, other cultural institutions, something in Bahrain, something else, I don't know what. And the funny thing is that I would not, I, I, I never saw this myself. There were students of mine who would see it and send it like, oh, you should do something about it. Da, 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 da. And then eventually, initially, at the beginning, I used to get offended, of course. And that's the biggest compliment. Actually. But then when you realize that, hmm, OK, fine. I mean, this was really first and done before. So there's absolutely no, no point me getting angry about it. On the contrary, it was flattering. Um, what is the most project you enjoyed? Actually, I still enjoy so many different projects where I'm learning really to stretch my mind, my mm. brains. And this is something I'm untapping into more and more by really stepping out of applied design per se, but applying much more design thinking to the work is the part of on projects that I enjoy most, mm -hmm. uh, whether at the very beginning and even rethinking how a business should work from a business design point of view to a service design point of view, even though I have no specialization in those fields, but I'm, uh, I'm really enjoying that. And then applying that into the Your experience has taken you to that point. Yes, absolutely. And then even up into the web apps we've worked on lately, which, which were so challenging in so many ways and yet extremely successful as outcome. If you want to describe your process, uh, way of thinking and way of working, what is the m most difficult thing you find? The start, the end, the evaluation, the briefing, the management? Hmm. I wouldn't say there is one part which is more complex or annoying than another. But I would say, I mean, you, you mentioned several aspects of a it project or a mission. No, no, no. But I, I believe all of them have a challenge. And as soon as it's, I'm not going to say cleared, but addressed and answered to, jumping onto the next and the next and the next. Now, sometimes I would say the difficulty is sometimes you lose, uh, you start losing interest mm. in a project. It's Especially not, it's when not they exciting drag. anymore. Especially if they drag. And I think right? when a project stops become, really be, be being exciting to actually finish is when they drag a lot, of course. And then this is when you're like... Yes, but I still, my, my, I mean, I owe it to myself as a start to finish, brilliant, I mean, in the best, best possible best. manner I yeah. can. Mm. And sometimes you just don't but feel can, like But do you to. find a place where you're always stuck or that you find difficult? No, I wouldn't say so. I okay. wouldn't say so. Mm -hmm. Why do you feel that what you do is important or of great relevance and how what is the relevance of the work that you do to the community that you live in? Or uh... I wouldn't say importance, but I would talk about ubiquity much more. The fact that, it, that design today permeates all layers mm -hmm. of 
our everyday across the board whether it's the the app on your phone that you check before you wake up whether it's i don't know a traffic sign whether it's the label on a beautiful dress you plan to purchase or you you're aspiring to purchase or, or the movie, dress itself. or the dress. I think it's so ubiquitous across so many different things that yes, you can't do without it. So I believe that what I, the little I try to do, the little I contribute to through the work that I I achieve, if mm. you want, is in itself quite uh, rewarding. Mm. I w- I'm not going to talk about importance. As I said, for me, there's a big nuance between importance and ubiquity and relevance and relevance Mm -hmm. yes absolutely. and would you say this is part of your legacy or what you would like to be remembered for oh i have no idea you Uh, think uh, this uh, omnipresence of design and the way that you do it or would you like to tell people that the process that you work with is the most important thing or that design everywhere is um, how would you explain to people what I mean if I want to say Natalie in a nutshell uh, in 20 years time mm-hmm. um, uh, Natalie has done it that way what what is it that uh, you hmm, would say I would if say you want to summarize critic- it's too early to summarize yes, your yes, career no, yet, to be honest <laughs> no but, but if I were to think about now what's really gives me the kicks and what I believe I I impact or in a way that I impact if you want my my uh, client mm. or commissioner or whatever it is is the critical sense I apply onto every single question and I challenge them into trying to think about an approach or a deliverable or anything but I'm someone who challenges a lot myself and others so you you've uh, three days ago you have organized a creative yes, ignite creative chapter mm-hmm. as uh, I was representing the Beirut creative cluster and this event was organized with Endeavor and Beirut Digital District mm-hmm. and what did you talk about I missed that so. yeah it's fine actually I talked about Uh, how to build a sustainable brand and more specifically the nuance between sustainable and sustainability. Sustainability is much more an awareness of the the planet, the green aspect of the planet and our impact, the social impact and the economical impact uh, our work does or a brand does. And what I was trying to talk about is how to build a sustainable brand in my in my opinion and qualified the different uh, attributes of a sustainable brand first and foremost it's a brand that has a conscience it's a brand that is timeless it's a brand that is committed that is cooperative that is consistent and there i mean i don't want to d- dwell now into adjectives yeah. yes but the the big picture was the audience was composed of 
businesses and companies and entrepreneurs and creatives. So and the panel was not only you, you were with... With two creative directors from advertising agencies who had a very different say on the matter, not different as opposing, but a very different perspective, uh, perspective on things, which was qu- actually quite, uh, quite enriching. Mm-hmm. Uh, did, did anyone transcribe this so we could have a look? Actually transcribe, or, not really. Or is it posted online? Or There somewhere? are a few videos, small videos, really. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And one of the questions that was, that was raised is, how can you talk about a unique brand or a brand that has unicity and identity? Doesn't it get lost with the whole rise of customization and the need to customize knowing that everything now is so available and now what people aspire for is something that is made for them. And again, we talked about this specific nuance and today, yes, you can build a brand that is whose raison d'etre is customization and personalization and yet it can have its own super uh, explicit or not explicit, but um, a bold identity. It doesn't need to blend into mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. into the, the need to customize. And, and what? why did you do it? What was the motivation behind uh, this talk, this subject? When, when deciding, I mean, when brainstorming with Endeavor as a start on doing such an event, uh, the motive of which is to connect businesses and creative agencies, first mm-hmm. and foremost, Um, the the challenges that Endeavor relayed to me that their their entrepreneurs face are a lot of the challenges that them as Endeavor can't address are communication and branding related mm-hmm. because they so can bridge the gap absolutely the idea was to bring in something new to the table and of course to open the conversation uh, between designers and creatives and businesses. And I believe it was an interesting exchange that happened, a very enriching exchange. So uh, as a continuation to this subject, how would you see design or that bridge happening in 10 to 20 years' time? Do you see it? Do you see any changes? What I do th- you see in the I, future? I think more for... and more people are naturally designers today. And design today is not, again, about the way things look. Uh, as I said, today uh, our kids have a much more design mind than we had 30 years ago, yeah. 30 or 40 years I agree. ago. And by that, I believe on the contrary, the proliferation of design thinking. Again, I'm, I'm not very comfortable using the term so much design thinking, but still it's an approach to assessing and Uh, going through if you want any challenge um, I think if more and more people were to adopt such thinking in their first of all in their own lives it would be a much more peaceful much more pragmatic city mm-hmm. as a start if speaking about the city we live in mm-hmm. yes yes so if you've moved uh, from branding uh, identities to more web and digital, Do you think print is going to die? Definitely not. How? Why? Why? Because I believe the tactility is still a very big part to be celebrated. And today, the books you you want to actually acquire uh, have a certain 
quality or uh, which is really beyond the content itself. Uh, today, reading on, I mean, I personally don't own an iPad. I, For some reason, for me, it's yet another device I have to maintain. And so I either read on a big screen or a big screen as in a cinema display screen or on my phone. And there are so many things that I would much rather read black on paper, ink on paper. Hmm. Uh, whether it's a novel, whether it's... When it becomes more intimate. Absolutely. Subject. I mean, I mostly, I would say, I stopped really buying magazines, personally, hmm. but I buy a lot of graphic novels, and this is a big passion of mine, and otherwise they're novels and... Do you buy them in Arabic or in English? English and French. English Not in French. Arabic. Okay. Yes. Any final thoughts you would like to leave us with? Hmm. Noisy city we live in. <laughs> say the least. <laughs> But no. that noise is is part of the joy. Absolutely. Also, Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Thank you very much, Natalie Falaha. Thank you for listening. This was Khat Chronicles, design stories from the Arab world. 